Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of my podcast, The Essentials. I hope you all have had a great week so far. I know it's not over just yet. It's still Friday, but thank God it's Friday, right? Anyway, in today's episode, you guys are going to get a peek into my day today. And I think it's really cool to do a personal reflection. I do them sometimes with self-portraits and I just taking a look at myself, you know, after, especially after something long or something like the pandemic. I know I did a lot of art during the pandemic, but you can do self-reflections a number of different ways. Like you could relearn a song that you learned a while ago on an instrument and see how much better you've gotten at it or how much rustier you've gotten at it because maybe you stopped practicing or you could rewrite an old story, whatever. Self-reflections really are beneficial too. The most basic thing is that it allows us to review or assess ourselves, which can include going over our actions, goals, relationships, career, and a lot of other things. And it can just help us get our minds back on track. And it leads us to work with a clear sense of purpose. Maybe you feel like you're in the wrong major, the wrong job. Maybe you feel like things just aren't working out the way that you want them to work out, or like something's just not opening up that you really want to open up. That's why it's great to just take a step back and make a list or do some journaling or draw. Even if you don't think you're good at drawing, everybody's an artist. Everybody can do something. And in the end, everything you're worried about will work itself out. So I started my day like I normally do. Two cups of coffee, did a quick sketch, or I was trying to do a quick sketch today. I remember not liking what I was working on, so I just told myself I'd go back and do it later. And I knew I had an eye appointment in the early afternoon. And I haven't had my eyes checked since before the pandemic, like the worst of the pandemic where everything went online. And now every student knows whether it's elementary, middle school, high school, or college, or graduate college, everything that we're doing is online. You really can't get through to that many people in person. You have to go to Zoom hours or you have to check links and check for recorded lectures online. Homework is online. Everything is online. And this stuff is all aside from social media. I have the different apps that I check periodically throughout the day. So in total, between homework and notes and Instagram and Snapchat and health and all the other apps I have installed on there, I don't actually have TikTok, which I'm fine with. I don't need it. There's plenty of TikToks that actually worked their way into Instagram through the reels. But by the end of the day, I've been on some kind of a screen for like hours on end if I were to add everything up. And I know I'm not the only person who is living like this right now. So I knew when I got to the eye doctors, I bet my prescription was gonna change just a little bit, and it did. It changed a little in both eyes, a little bit more in my left eye than my right. And I had to get my eyes dilated today. I was not expecting that, but I I guess it's been a little while since the last time I had it done. And I know it's not that much, like it's not a huge procedure or anything, but dilation is intimidating. I don't know. I feel like anybody who has had it done would know what I mean by that. I'm not explaining it great, but just the thought of it, like the yellow dye that you have to wipe off. Oh my goodness. But yeah, the whole process is really, it's not that bad. It's actually quick. It just feels like it's all day long, like while you're waiting for the dilation to get to its full effect, which is about 15 minutes in. But it's kind of cool though. I don't really think about it that much. Today I did. And I researched it a little bit because I know generally what it does, but... I just want to see if I could find out anything I didn't know about it. And what we all know is that the drops dilate your eyes. They dilate the pupils because when light is applied to your eyes, the pupil shrinks and doctors need to be able to see inside of that. So the drops actually keep your pupils from shrinking, which causes your eyes to be really sensitive to light. And people with lighter eye colors like blues or greens, 
they may dilate faster than people with a dark eye color and I actually have really dark brown eyes so it took my eyes a little bit longer I guess to dilate and by the time my pupils were the size of my irises my doctor could look in there check out the optic nerve check out the blood vessels for any signs of disease i also found out that doctors can use pupil dilation to diagnose for diabetes eye tumors macular degeneration glaucoma even high blood pressure as well as tears or holes that might lead to retinal detachment it's kind of cool but the experience afterwards can be kind of hard luckily i didn't have to drive myself home today because i did have really extreme sensitivity to light and i couldn't focus on anything for longer than an hour like I, if i held my phone up close i could barely see what i was doing on it everything was so blurry so then all i could think about on the way home was doing a painting and that was because I wanted to challenge myself to see what I could come up with while not being able to see clearly because my pupils were enormous. So I got home and I did a watercolor painting of Blarney Castle in Ireland, which is one of Ireland's most notorious tourist attractions. It was built nearly 600 years ago by one of Ireland's greatest chieftains, Cormac McCarthy, and Blarney Castle has been attracting attention ever since. Over the last few hundred years, millions have flocked to Blarney, making it a world landmark and one of Ireland's greatest treasures. And I've always wanted to go to Ireland. This is just one of the many things I want to see when I do go over there at some point in my life. There's really beautiful gardens at the castle. The rocks are gorgeous. You can climb the steps of Blarney Castle. And some people have even kissed the world-famous Blarney Stone to gain the gift of eloquence. So while I was going through Google for the right picture of Blarney Castle with the right lighting and the right shadows to use as my photo reference for my painting, I got out my watercolor paper, which is eight inches by eight inches, making it the perfect size to carry around. And I do bring this watercolor notebook with me almost wherever I go. So a lot of my friends and family now will see me with this watercolor book until I finish it. And now I'm gonna just walk you guys through my watercolor process. It was not that long. Uh, it takes me a lot less time to do a small watercolor painting than one with acrylic because of how fast it dries. And because while working with watercolor, naturally it's a lot more fluid, so you can be a little bit freer and work faster with your brush strokes than you can with acrylic or with oil. So I started with a dry piece of paper. I know that some artists actually wet the background first just with water so that by the time that they put their watercolor paint on it, they get this blotching effect, but it makes it really soft and the colors are really pretty when they blend together. So I did dry paper first. I have been really into underlining my paintings with other colors rather than just doing the under sketch with like charcoal, like regular dark charcoal. I used green for this because, you know, St. Patrick's Day, green is kind of a trademark. Even if it is for marketing, it's still a staple of Ireland, so I don't think this is a product of capitalism as much as the woke people might tell you it is. Everything's green in Ireland. Look up the pictures and you'll see for yourself. <laughs> so I did green for the underlining of this painting. And then I wanted to be loose with it. I didn't want to get too focused on certain details of the castle. So I made sure to get all the angles right and I did exaggerate some of the angles just a little more for depth because once I got the darker paint in there, it was going to show through better. And I started with the shadows because with watercolor, you can't get your white back. The paper is white, but it doesn't go over itself like acrylics or oil would once you allow them to dry. You can't put anything white on top. You could do white acrylic paint, but it just won't have the same effect. It'll be kind of transparent. So I started with the darkest colors first, did the shadows, did the interior of these little windows, 
When I was really getting into it, I, it's very relaxing to do watercolor paintings. And I wasn't trying to make this a masterpiece or anything, I was just trying to have fun with it. My pupils were huge. I had, I think, a second cup of coffee and a third cup of coffee that I got from Dunkin' today, which was a macchiato that was especially for St. Patrick's Day because it was green, but I couldn't tell that because I asked for it hot, so the cup was opaque, which is fine because it tasted good. And then I was getting to my lighter colors. So I wanted to make sure that the green stood out, so I used yellow first, which really makes it pop once the green goes on top of it, because if you just do dark green, you miss out on some of the brightness that you get when the sun actually hits plants. So I did the yellows, then I did green, then I did some more shadowing on the bushes, and then I did a stone wall. And when it comes to painting something like a stone wall or a building made of stone, or something with stone work, and you can see that it's detailed in real life, but doing a painting would just be very time consuming and it would actually make things look kind of crowded or maybe cartoony because there's a lot to work with and not a lot of space to put depth and everything in, especially if you're just trying to do something loose. So that's why you make suggestions. I did little suggestions of where stonework was, like maybe do a few little details of stone on one half, maybe near the shadow, and then make some really thin brush strokes with the lighter color next to it and space it out and kind of scatter it so that you get the notion that the whole thing is made of stone and I didn't have to go crazy with the detail. And then for the last few pieces of the painting, I just did some more highlighting, used some more yellow for some moss, even though it was green. Using yellow really helps to brighten things up, especially if you do an underpainting in yellow and you prep your board in a really nice color. It doesn't have to be like sickeningly bright, but just a warm yellow really brightens up everything else. You should try it sometime if you are an aspiring painter and would like to get started. Try doing yellow as a background. Okay, so once I finished all of that, I kind of just took a step back, reflected on the painting, what was the process like. It was pretty blotchy, but I didn't expect anything more of myself because I could barely see, but I really like it. And I think it came out cool because I didn't, I actually wasn't able to get super detailed on top of not wanting to. Even if I did want to, I wouldn't have been able to today. So I like the style. It, it just looks a lot more free than it would if I was really taking the time to agonize over every little stone with acrylics or even with watercolor if I was trying to be super precise. But I just like how it, it kind of flowed. So when that was finished, I just spent some time with my family. My youngest brother, Micah, was also drawing. He was drawing a picture of my father and he needed a few pointers from me on eye spacing and a few other proportions. And then he got his picture done. And I was also thinking today about my Irish heritage. And as a woman of color, especially at a very woke university, some people there will only see me as my black side because to them, I wouldn't look very Irish. But being biracial actually opens me up to a whole new world of figuring out who I am because it's more than one race combined. So you're getting culture from one side and culture from the other and you're combining it and there are some biracial people who will identify with one side over the other or identify with both sides and I think personally I identify with both but I can't speak for my three little siblings because every biracial person is different but it is really cool to think that half of my family actually came to America from Ireland I know a few of my family members actually traveled over on what I believe was the Lusitania before it sank from Ireland to America 
in hopes of finding a better life here. And are woke people getting mad at cultural appropriation on St. Patrick's Day? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure everybody was decorating with shamrocks and dressing as leprechauns, even if they have no traces of Irish heritage at all. But if somebody had their hair in bantu knots or in cornrows for Juneteenth who wasn't black, they would be screaming about cultural appropriation. I don't know why that treatment isn't the same for Irish. Maybe it's because they have white skin. There's more than one ethnicity of white people. All white people are not just one race of white. There are many, many different cultures of people who are fairer skinned. And people who are woke don't seem to remember that. It's just white versus black. And there might be some small exceptions if something happens to any minority group that they can label as a racially discriminatory action. But besides that, there are some rules in the woke community that apply to some races and not others which I will never fully understand because I don't want to get my history twisted. And on that note, I'm going to end this episode there, but I am going to include a few web pages in case you guys wanted to either learn more about Blarney Castle or about watercolor painting. The first one I have is BlarneyCastleAndGardens.com, the home of the Blarney Stone, if you want to view images of the gardens and of the stone. And the second web page is Grumbacher.com, and that is the brand of the sketchbook paper that I have for watercolor specifically, but they have a great selection of materials to try out. So that's all. Thank you everybody for listening. Don't miss my next episode of The Essentials with me, Maddie Flint. And while you're at it, be sure to check out the other podcasts that the BMG Network has to offer. They are all excellent, very informative. You won't be disappointed if you give them a listen. Thanks for your support. <laughs>